welcome to The Crankcase, the automotive show where I present my pointed opinion and invite you, the listener, to change my mind and engage me online on our Instagram, at The Crankcase. I'm Carrillo, an opinionated gearhead. I've got things to say. This is episode four, coming up after the break, Nissan suck and you shouldn't buy them. Welcome back to The Crankcase. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get right into this. The title of this episode is Nissan Suck and You Shouldn't Buy It. It's something that I've strongly felt for quite a few years now. You know, a close friend of mine had told me that, in his opinion, with each model year, Nissan feels less and less like Nissan. I think that's brilliantly said. I, I really do feel that they have strayed so far from what made them brilliant uh, that they really are a shadow of their former self. You're going to kind of see that as a recurring theme here on the crankcase. There's, there are a few brands I actually think that are shadows of their former self. Nissan just happens to be the first brand that I'm kind of going after on this one. In general, I'm just not fond of the brand anymore. I kind of want to give you a little bit of a history on the brand, kind of give you a breakdown and kind of give you my point of view as to why I think that is the case, because I understand Nissans have diehard followers globally. That I actually think is cool. The thing though, is that you got to realize guys, especially for the hardcore Nissans, your cars really are uh, shit. Like really, aside from some of the, the sports cars, the everyday cars, the cars that actually keep the brand going, the ones that are selling every day, those are generally garbage cars, um, especially if we're talking about today. In the past, they used to kick ass, but things have changed. Uh, and I'll kind of break it down and kind of give you guys why I think I feel that way. We're going to take a trip down memory lane, a little bit of a history lesson. I'm a huge history buff, so this kind of gives me an opportunity to kind of flex that muscle a little bit. The year's 1958. Nissan, or at the time, Datsun, ships its first vehicle to the United States. It actually launches really successfully. It even beats out Toyota for sales. Sales continue to increase really well throughout the 1960s. Things are awesome. They even surpass Volkswagen as the leading import sold in the United States. Imagine that. A Japanese brand, especially in that time. Not too long from 45. Kind of think about that in the context of things. So in 1969, Datsun drops the Z at 3,500 bucks. I have to mention that because for one, it's an iconic car. The second reason why I think it's relevant is because right around the corner was the 1970s energy crisis, a massive geopolitical event. It affected the entire world. It sent fuel prices skyrocketing. In the end, that actually ended up being a great thing for Datsun because Datsun was packing a one-two punch at the time. They sold vehicles that were slick, real good looking. Number two, they were fuel efficient. You needed that at that time. So it, it, it was a perfect storm of issues geopolitically that really helped launch the Datsun brand to great heights peaking in 1985, where they sold 830 more cars than Toyota and Honda combined. That's crazy. But by that time, as all heights, you know, with, with all heights, I should say, um, come the downfalls, right? Ever since the year 1985, it's essentially been a downward slope for Nissan. Really, really unfortunate. One of the biggest things to take note, though, in the year 1984, and this is huge, the Nissan Corporation, the actual parent to Datsun, decided that it was time to globally change the identity of Datsun so that the entire world knew that the car was a Nissan, not a Datsun. And for the bread and butter market of the United States for Datsun at the time, Nissan, that was a huge problem, and the reason why was because Nissan, number one, had a really, really strong brand in the United States under Datsun, so it confused the marketplace. Number two, and this is something not too often talked about, they kind of screwed their dealership network when they changed over to, to Nissan. 
um, they basically footed the bill to all the dealerships, making them foot all the costs, I should say, um, for all the marketing and signage materials at their own respective dealerships if they wanted to continue to sell Nissan cars. So you could see how it actually put a sour taste in a lot of franchisees' mouths. And in the end, it just confused the marketplace and people didn't know how to handle this change. In the end, the cars didn't really actually change much. It was just the fact that it was a new brand identity. And in the United States, that's a big deal. And it just has been a gradual decline since then. It's been a series of declines Automotive alliances or takeovers, depending how you look at it, and some rebounds, but most recently, uh, corruption scandals. So what the hell's been going on over there? The cars they wind up putting on dealerships basically suck. That's the bottom line. The former CEO, most recently of Nissan, Carlos Ghosn, he he was um, known as Le Cost Killer. The guy was uh, he's like French Lebanese. Um, he was known as a cost killer. Okay, Nissan basically brought him on at the end of the 1990s because they were crazy cash strapped. They just couldn't get it together. And basically, at the time, Carlos Ghosn was a rock star over at Renault, um, really turning over profits, uh, cutting costs, and and making a name for himself. And so they brought him on and the, the Renault-Nissan alliance was essentially born. What is the end result of this? Garbage transmissions, cheap interiors, lack of platform updates all equate to one thing, sucking. Basically since the early 2000s. Yes, I understand folks, there's going to be some, some debatable exceptions to this, sure. But I am speaking in general. I am talking about the things that actually keep the brands going here. And, and a lot of it is the volume cars like Altimas, like Maximas, like Sentras. Things like that, and and more recently, the Rogue. I mean, I just guys, anecdotally, as someone with experience working IT in their dealerships, I can attest their parts departments are often a sea of CVT transmissions just waiting to be replaced for warranty issues. It's like a fucking graveyard of just transmissions. It's so sad, and especially here in the state of Arizona, I've actually had parts departments, like service managers, admit to me that there's a design flaw in their CVT that doesn't work well with our heat here in Arizona. And basically, if you buy a brand new Nissan in the state of Arizona, you're basically lucky if your transmission, your CVT transmission, makes it to 50,000 miles. You're lucky. I talked to three guys at one dealership who all own Nissans themselves, and and all three of those guys had to change out their CVT transmissions under warranty, one failing at like 21,000, another one failing at like 35,000, and one guy actually made it to 49,000. That is so shitty. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't care. You need your transmission to fucking work. And, and if you have something like that that fails like that, I, I don't care if warranty covers it. It's a huge waste of time, a major inconvenience for somebody who's already indebted to the vehicle. They have a luxury car brand, Nissan, I mean, the Infinity brand, whose real world transaction prices are always lesser than that, those of Lexus, BMW, or Audi, just to name some examples. If you actually go online and you check out like those lease hacker sites that regularly detail lease rates for Infinities, you'll find that they're often below what you'd even pay for a fucking Honda Civic. Think about that. That that is desperation in my opinion. When you go to a dealership, and, and here's the thing, right? The sales guys aren't going to be the ones to tell you the right things about the car. It's going to be the ones who work on it, all right? I've been told there are generally only three cars I mean, everyday kinds of cars. The GTR doesn't count in this, okay? Because not most everyday people can just go in and buy a GTR. They only make three generally reliable cars according to uh, some of the folks I've talked to at Nissan. The Z, the Titan, and that excludes the diesel models and Frontiers. In my opinion, that's garbage. 
Zs are niche, folks, so you're not going to be getting a lot of those. They were never designed to be volume sellers. Titans are sweet. I was really excited about them integrating Cummins diesels, but then for them to find out that they, Nissan couldn't make it work well and reliable, that sucks. And Frontiers are like 16-year-old trucks, even if you buy a 2020. It's basically the same truck as it was in 2004. That's pretty shitty to me. Resell is typically garbage on Nissans, and if you like to try and bank on equity, don't even bother looking at these cars, generally speaking. They're basically cheaply made, unreliable, uninspired cars at generally uncompetitive prices. It's tough to defend even buying any of the three aforementioned vehicles that I had talked about, a Z, a Titan, or a Frontier. Look, dare to compare costs, especially when comparing Sentras to Civics to a Kia Forte, and I can't even believe I'm saying that, a Kia Forte. But seriously, a Honda Accord is objectively superior to a Nissan Altima in every capacity. Hell, I'd still argue an Accord over a Maxima. I might even recommend you look at a Malibu over an Altima, frankly. And that's crazy. You're almost rarely going to see me recommending a Chevy on this show. I'm just calling it now. Look, a Z is cool, all right? First thing I will say that. It is, however, extremely obsolete by 2020 standards. If you're into the absolute analogness of its mechanical steering and six-speed gearbox, then maybe it's still worth it, but like at a discount. Thank God apparently a new Z is on the horizon. Really excited about that. So that's definitely something that might kind of change my tune a little bit about Nissan, but it's going to be a process. I had mentioned earlier that the Nissan Frontier is a 14-year-old truck. It might be Nissan's overall best value as it's the cheapest truck in the U.S. with the available 4x4 options. Then again, a Tacoma is basically the same age too, I guess, or relatively close. However, it has a significantly higher real-world selling price than Frontier. A Titan is awesome, it's expensive, and like I had said, apparently terrible if you get the Cummins options, which is really surprising to hear. Again, really unfortunate. With that said, folks, we're getting to the end here. We've got a conclusion. We're going to break it down. I want you to hear this, so stay tuned. I want to give you my conclusion. In the end, it's a competitive market out there. We're all consumers. Everybody's vying for our dollars right now, probably more so than ever, especially in this COVID world that we're living in. So what do I have to say regarding that? Nissans suck. I don't think you should buy them. I think the competitor vehicles being offered generally are superior. You know, I even have to include American products in there as well. It just depends on the vehicle that we're comparing. So I want you to head on over to Instagram, folks. Give me your two cents. Am I full of shit? Do you agree? At the crane case is the Instagram page. Head on over there, smash that follow button. While you're on Instagram, head on over to at Zwerk Media, at Z-W-E-R-C Media. Smash that follow button again, because I said so. I'm Carrillo, this is The Crane Case, and I'm signing off, folks. Until next time, thanks for listening.